and welcome to the State of the Fleet Industry video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine. I'm Mike Antich, editor of Automotive Fleet, and today we're going to be discussing what's occurring in the fleet industry for the week of December 7th, 2022. And today my guest host is Mike Butch. He is Vice President of Global Business Development for Primrose Alloys and um, a subject matter expert in terms of uh, commodity pricing and availability. So, um, Mike, how are you? And thank you for joining us. I'm doing well. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, Mike. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, they did have a good one. And and I trust that that you likewise had a good Thanksgiving. So uh, with that, let's get into our discussion right here. I mean, there's a lot of misperception that's currently going on in the marketplace in terms of, you know, commodity pricing, availability, and so on. In particular, we're noticing a production slowdown in terms of finished product. And a lot of people are attributing that to a lessening of demand in the marketplace. But you say the opposite. You say it's more dealing with labor shortages. And please elaborate on that. Well, I I think, again, the bumpiness in the supply chain recovery still continues today. Whether it's washing machines or home appliances or whether it's heavy trucks, we've all seen difficulty in obtaining equipment. And a lot of it today is attributed to the uh, inconsistent uh, workforce situations that we've Mm had. I had a discussion earlier today with a fabricator, the contract manufacturer, that um, yesterday half of their welding workforce didn't show. So again, this ebb and flow based on labor has really affected the output of anybody who manufactures good and goods and uses metal or other commodities to complete their products. Mm-hmm. So demand continues to remain strong for these mm-hmm. commodities. Uh, the constraint is really labor, in, in particular skilled laborers in the case there of welders, um, which always seem to perennially be in short supply. So um With that being the case, if demand is continuing to be strong and we're just four weeks away from the start of a new year, Mm -hmm. what is your forecast um, for the coming calendar year? Well, interestingly enough, we've seen the metal prices uh, from their peaks uh, last year and mid-year this year uh, come back into a reasonable range. The aluminum is back to kind of a normal cost around $2-ish a pound. Steel has softened quite a bit and gotten some normalcy to it. Now, there are certain aspects of both of those commodities, whether it's steel beams, because there continues to be a lot of commercial projects underway. Obviously, the multitude of uh, buildings, such as the large uh, semiconductor slash chip buildings that are under construction today. Also, uh, the airline industry is still struggling a bit with obtaining. 7,000 series aluminum. And one of the things that we have to be conscious of is the raw materials that make 6,000 also make 7,000. It's how you alloy it and how you cure it after it's made that makes the difference. And 6,000 series, uh, just for the viewers, 6,000 series aluminum, primarily used in the automotive industry, 7,000 series, primarily in aviation. But essentially Mm -hmm. it comes from the same source, the same log, It's really a question of how the alloys are mixed that give us that grade variation. It's that final final little bit of um, alloy material that makes it harder or softer. 
You're correct. Mm -hmm. But your your um, forecast is for escalating prices. You see prices escalating, and you see also uh, with this um, uh, as production builds up and this demand continues that we're going to be seeing longer lead times. Correct. I, I think that what we saw at the beginning of this year was kind of an overpurchasing of the manufacturing sectors uh, to ensure that they had an adequate supply. Now, that being said, due to lumpiness, if you will, in their supply chain and their components, it, it caused them to not have as much completed goods. Also, the softness in the labor market and that kind of erratic behavior with being able to get product out one week and not the other. So people scaled back over the past four to six months in purchasing because they overbought at the beginning of the year. Now, what we have is what appears to be a slowdown in production, and it's really more of a result of the overbuying created more inventory at the manufacturer level, and therefore they didn't need to continue to buy in the last half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter of this year, so everybody's drawn down. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we talked about earlier, too, is this perception that we're possibly heading into a recessionary uh, period and, and that everybody's trying to keep just enough product online for several weeks or several months and not overbuy and have a, a surplus of material like they did through the year, right? And some of the other things to come, uh, the idling of some of the manufacturing of the commodities in Europe due to concerns over energy, We've actually had a fairly mild winter with the exceptions of our friends in Buffalo who had that six feet of snow, mm -hmm. uh, but that's all melted off as well. But again, um, personnel from the mining sector, the personnel at the mills and the production and things still have those pockets in that ebb and flow of availability. So there's an artificial sense that we don't need as much metal as we do. Once we get into the first of the year and people start scaling up for a production year, um, I, I think that we're gonna see tightness the latter half of the second quarter or into the third quarter as people start to get the rest of their components taken care of. Maybe there's more availability of chips. And then again, those mills are going to have kind of throttled back, if you will. And then there's going to be that imbalance of demand once again, which will subsequently drive up uh, cost. Well, and a lot of these commodity prices are global in nature. They're influenced yeah. by global events. And, uh, you know, you cite some of the areas where we're going to have constrictions. You know, Russia, a lot of people don't realize how much actual raw product raw material product comes out of uh, Russia. And in essence, they're pretty much offline in a lot of cases. You know, we have the interruptions with the COVID zero uh, lockdowns and then the subsequent protests in China, which is definitely going to be impacting uh, supply chain dynamics. But, you know, uh, can you address that further? Well, I think that if you look at China, they're the number one producer of aluminum and steel, all grades of steel. Uh, followed closely by Russia, which I believe is number four in production of aluminum, and they're in the top 10 of the production of steel, but they're also number one 
on the stainless side of things. So again, our our economy here in the United States, um, we have a resistance. Nobody is purchasing Russian material if they can help it because of the tariff. Uh, there's also um, a lack of appetite for the Chinese product as well. Uh, again, to your point about their unrest and their uh, continued lockdowns, they're probably being perceived as less reliable than they were in the past. Uh, also, you have this uh, looming kind of wave of onshoring where people are trying to return production back to the United States to eliminate these long supply chain and the transport cost. So I, I think we're going to have kind of a second or third bump in all of these things coming together at one time to create a challenge for people who are making goods. Mm -hmm. Let's take a deeper dive into particular commodities. You touched upon aluminum, what mm -hmm. the situation is there with steel. What about copper? What, what's your forecast for copper? You know, uh, there's been a fair amount of uh, information and articles that are being presented. And essentially, um, the copper production is very finite. Uh, South America is a big producer, Western United States. But most of that uh, material coming out of the ground is already spoken for. I think we're going to see a reallocation, uh, possibly, of former Soviet countries that are wanting to attract Western customers. But as we head down this path of electrification, there's going to be a considerable amount of copper that's going to be required for the infrastructure, the chargers at the home level, and also the fact that there's about three times as much to four times as much copper on a passenger vehicle and a medium uh, utility vehicle. Uh, again, it's going to be unprecedented. We're going to see a tightness in copper. And, uh, and along with that, with the batteries, the rare earth metals such as lithium, there's a pretty finite amount that's available. Yeah, and, and the pricing volatility, although the pricing se volatility seems to go in one direction up, mm -hmm. I mean, the price of lithium is just um, uh, breathtaking as to what it's jumped to in the past, uh, you know, five years or so. With that, any closing comments in terms of a mid-year, um, more longer-range forecast in terms of commodities that you'd like to address? Well, one thing we didn't really touch on was the, the airline industry. This is really the first time that we've seen the airline industry also challenged to, to get product because they have such uh, deep uh, backlogs uh, for the new jetliners, along with that underserved commercial fleet customer. Uh, mm -hmm. Looking forward to next year, I think tightness mid-year to third quarter. Uh, expect, again, long lead times on anything uh, to get your, your vehicles should be expected and increased costs. I think we'll we'll see an increase in metal prices and other commodities. Very good. Well, that's good market intelligence. And we'll have to pick up this conversation after the first of the year and uh, to see how the dynamics in that marketplace is going at that time. So with that, thank you for joining us, Mike. 